Praise God. Praise Jesus. Welcome, beloved saints. I, um, I hope you came looking for God. I hope you didn't come looking for a man. I hope we don't have man pleasers in here. Is there anyone better than God? Is there anyone more famous than God? Is there anyone greater than God? Is there anyone more impressive than God? Our focus today is not on a man. Our focus is on God. And with that said, we're going to talk a little bit about faith and hope and desire as it would pertain to a believer in God. What do you have in you driving you to God? What has to be cultivated? So we're talking about desire, and we're going to look at some biblical and non-biblical definitions of desire. But before we do, we want to thank God for being here to see another day. We thank God for this wonderful church. We thank God for our pastors, the good shepherds of this ministry in this church, our beloved Pastor Tim and Pastor Radika, and I always get excited when I hear that they're going away on vacation or even just getting away because they work so tirelessly here in serving us, in serving this body, and serving this community, so I am grateful for them getting away, and I hope and pray that they enjoy as much of it as possible as the Lord will, and I do believe it is his will. We do also lift up the Layla family, as Sister Ray had said, our beloved David, who served so faithfully here, served not only this church, but many of us, um, and his memorial, and as we look, lift up his family, Sister Melody and their children, uh, what a beloved couple and family, uh, true servants, and a true servant we had in David Layla. Um, and his memorial services. We make time for that. Before we begin the message today, I want to thank all of you for coming today. I believe it's God who has something for you. Don't look to me. Uh, I'm nothing special, but God in me may have something for you, and I believe he does. So I'm going to be looking to him to deliver this message, and I hope you positioned, postured, prepared yourself to receive something from God. Because he said when you gather a symbol, Come together in Jesus' name. He's here in the midst of us. That means he's sitting right beside you. He's as close to you and as intimate to you as anyone could be. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for this ministry, for this church. We thank you for our pastors, Lord God. Pastors Radika Tim, Lord God. And they're, they're beautiful children. We thank you, Lord God, for them. And we ask that you bless them, Lord God, with safe travel. Lord God, and bring them back home in the name of Jesus. And we pray they have a good time. Father, we ask now in the name of Jesus uh, that you continue to comfort Melody and the, and the Layla family, Lord God. Bring them comfort, Lord God, in this trying time. And we ask that every need be met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We ask for provision for them, Lord God, that you would move on the hearts of men, Lord God, to give where, where need needs to be met. And Father, we ask now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, deliver this message. Use my tongue, my mouth, Lord God, to deliver your word. Holy Spirit, I turn it over to you now. And I thank you for last service. I thank you for what you did there. And I thank you for what you're about to do now. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> so uh, desire for God. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is the substance of things hopeful. The evidence of things not seen. And so I've often wondered, what is this substance? What is that? Knowing that, pardon me, this may be too, uh, too high. Knowing that one can be in hope, but not in faith. Hope doesn't get you where you want to get. Faith gets you there. But not everybody's in faith. The Bible says, have faith in God. Another interpretation is, have the God kind of faith in Mark 11. So that means if you can have faith in God, you cannot have faith in God. You can have faith in something or somewhere, someone else other than God. So what we're going to try to do is discover what this faith means because the Bible says you can't please him without it. So why would we want to come here and miss the very thing that's pleasing to God? Why would you want to miss the mark, have everything else, cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, but not be pleasing to him? So we're here to to understand and get into alignment with God's word and what he has to say about faith and look into this desire. Because we know that there are characteristics of faith. Faith produces stuff. Faith takes action. Faith operates through love. Faith comes from a place in God because you can have all that in your head, but it may not be indwelt in your heart. You can repeat it. You can memorize it. But when you live it, it's got to come from within. And that's something you have to develop. See, God has given every man the measure of faith. But it's up to you what you do with it. Because you can have faith in something else. There's a lot going on right now, politically, economically, socially. And if we're not careful as believers, we can fall into and over into something that's not faith. And it can be good, but it have no God in it. Because God has said, don't put your trust in man. In Psalm 118, 8, don't put your trust in man, but keep your trust in God. It doesn't matter which political party. It doesn't matter about the economic downturn because God has already settled for you, settled it for you because he says that the government should be placed on the shoulders of Jesus. My kingdom will have no end and I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. Not your job. Not your boss. I'm your provider. So what does that mean? He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. What does holy mean? It means separated unto God. It means you're in alignment with God. You've been translated from one kingdom into the kingdom of his. But how do you operate in that kingdom? You operate in that kingdom through faith. But how do you get there? What is this substance built on? Where does it, how does it develop? How does it grow so that it manifests? Hopefully we can touch on some of that. There's so much demanding our attention today, so many pop-ups on our phone. There's so much distracting you from the will, plan, and purpose of God. And you can fall in it, and it can feel very comfortable. Be very comfortable there. You can be a political expert. 
You can tell and talk about all this stuff on CNN or Fox and not know anything about God's purpose for that day. Because Jesus says sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You can get out here in all these discussions and miss the very will of God. You can come up and check. Sorry. Turn it down a little bit. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't adjust it. We'll get it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Pardon me. <clears throat> so we want to be in faith because faith is important to God. It's how you move in the kingdom of God. It produces stuff. And if we're not careful, we can be over in hope and we're not in faith. See, hope comes from faith. See, we try to get our hope up so we can get faith. God says, no, get your faith right, and hope is birth. So faith, there must be a prerequisite to faith. There's something in this substance. What gets us there? So we're going to talk about this just a bit, and I believe it has a lot to do with focus on him, a desire for him. The Bible says that David pleased God. He gave David the designation as the one who is after God's own heart. How many of you want to be like that? Amen. How many of you want to believe that God, I'll go after you no matter what? Doesn't matter what's around me, I'm coming after you and I'm not going to let you go. There's something in me pushing me, driving me to you. And I'm not going to let anything else satiate or try to come in and take that desire and give it to something or someone, somebody else. See, hope is I want it to be. I wish it to be. So you pray and you come in agreement with God's word with somebody. And when it's done, they say, I, ho I sure hope that will be. That doesn't sound like faith. So there must be a prerequisite to hope, that prerequisite to faith. There's something else there that you got to get into, that you have to develop so you can live this life of victory or victorious living, living because the Bible says, for this is the victory that we have. It's our faith. So whatever it is, it's got to be figured out as an individual what you have to do to get in faith. Faith is, it is so. So it is. According to your word, it is. You can hope all day for something. Doesn't mean you're going to have it. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Amen. How many of you believe that? Amen. So how do you get there? How do you abide in him and get his word to abide in you? What does abide mean? It means rest, stay, live. Pay close attention to. Don't kick me out. Don't ignore me. 
That word is first place. God is first place. There's so many things competing for our attention. They want to get in that place where God only rightfully should belong. Wants to get in there and stir up, confuse, distract you from the plans and purposes of God. And it's not God's business to kick that stuff out. That's, God, that's your business and my business. There's a responsibility of the believer to say, no, you don't belong, kid. This is God's time. This is God's day. And I'm his. I've been chosen. A hefty price was paid for my life in him. Hope is a good thing. Hope is a biblical thing. But the Bible says you possess the promise by faith and patience. So what are you doing during this time of faith and patience? There are things that we must cultivate and do in the natural. There's some practical things that we must do. See, you're the connectors of God. You're the connectors to God. This world doesn't know God. Until they encounter you. But how can they connect with God if you're not connected with it? You can know about God. You can recite scriptures. But you don't know. So what does it mean to know God and further to be known by God? The Bible says that Moses spoke to God face. God spoke to Moses face to face. Do you think God desired that only for Moses? The same fellowship that Adam, the first Adam had, had God has restored through his son for you and I to have. He said, no longer will the Holy Spirit be on you. The Holy Spirit is going to be in you. You got to know what to do with this life that God sacrificially gave you. Sometimes at work as a physician, people come and you can tell when someone's sizing you up and looking you over, looking for something. Well, I read about you on the Internet. I see your credentials. I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, I hope that's why you didn't come. Because as a man, apart from God, I am nothing. But then you run into some of those believers who say, hey, I don't know how I got here, but I just felt led to come. And as soon as you walk in the room, there's a pulling on your faith. You feel someone drawing on what's inside of you that they're not looking at you. They're looking beyond you. They're looking past you to, to God. God, and by the way, doctor, I wanted to know, would you be in agreement with me with God's word that says I'm healed. Because I see you've got credentials, but I'm looking for my God. I prayed to him before I came here. I'm not putting my trust in you and thank God. Because I wouldn't want to be the one to disappoint you. Nor would I tout that I'm anything beyond him. Apart from him, I am nothing. But if you come in faith and pull on the anointing of God, no telling what you'll get. 
But whatever it is, when you get it from God, you know it is good. How do you know when you're in faith versus hope? Hope is in the head. Faith is lodged deep down in your spirit. Right alongside desire. Who are you desiring? What are you desiring? There's some practical things we can do to develop faith and your knower, that part of your being that just knows, that's not wishing it will be, but knows that it is. And living there. It says in one thing you can do is re- read and study and surround yourself with the word of God to get to know him better. That means in your car, there should be worship music playing. There should be teaching playing. Because faith cometh how? By hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So if you listen to the word of God, you're going to get faith in God. If you listen to the lies of the devil, you're going to get faith in the lies of the devil. I think sometimes we assume because we're born again that we can't be deceived. And the Bible says even the elect will be deceived. See, some of us pray for discernment. Lord, teach me so I know good versus evil, God versus fake. Jesus says when he shows up, will he find any faith there? So there's some practical things we can do. It says, one thing we can do is also pray in tongues. Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Why pray in the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit knows everything. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13, that he's going to go into those deep recesses of God, to those deep places and reveal them to you. How would you like to know that? Stuff that your husband don't know, your mama don't know, your, nobody knows, not your boss knows. But the Lord says, you're about to be promoted. And you worship him. The Bible says, but you are holy. O you who are enthroned in the holy place where the praises of Israel, your people, are offered. See, something happens when you praise God. Not just because he's what he's going to do. See, that's a result of praising him for who he is. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these other things get added unto you. See, there's an order to this thing. There's an order to the kingdom of God and how it works. You put him first, but there's always something competing for your desire. And what we don't see is that the desire, your desire for God is your vehicle to get into that place of faith with him. How are you going to have faith in someone who you don't know? You know about, but you don't know. You know what someone else has read to you and someone else has taught to you, but you've never taken the time for the Holy Spirit to download the wisdom and revelation of who he is. So you're walking around looking like a child of God, but you don't know nothing about it. Where is our attention? Where is our heart? 
Revelations 2, 1 through 4 says to the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persuade, persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Don't get caught up in these things. Make time for God. Yes. The Bible says sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Make time for him. And when you get in him, you come out with a focus that I'm going to stay focused on him. Doesn't matter what the day says is what's coming in the day. God has said, stay focused on me. Matthew 22, 35 through 37 says, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Verse 37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You want to know how you develop your faith? Love God. Persevere. Make room for God in your life. In your daily life. Make room for God everywhere you go. That I don't go anywhere without God. He's first. And something comes out of that. There's a trust. There's a belonging that comes out of that kind of relationship. The Bible says in 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Be careful who you listen to. If people have more to say to you about the political, social, and economic events that are going on now than they do about God, they may be sent by the devil. Because the devil would love for you to be a political expert. Love for you to be a social expert. Love for you to be an economic expert and not know God because he knows where you're headed. What we need now is a deepening of our faith. God is El Shaddai. He's more than enough. We have in us the inclination, the ability, the desire to ask for more of him. He says, I'll give you more of me. If you want more of me, I'm El Shaddai. I'm God of more than enough. You can't ask more of me than I have to give. You can come after me, and as soon as you get satiated, I'll give you some more. And when you get tired, I'll pick you up and feed you again. Jesus said to Peter three times, feed my sheep, feed my lamb. That's God's desire. Give you more of him. Get more of him in you. So that when people connect with you, they connect with the living God. But they can't do that if you don't know him. Amen. God says. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you in Jeremiah 29, 11, says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search with, for me with all of your 
So it seems to me from this passage that your heart belongs to God. Or at least God expects your heart to belong to him. It's up to you where you put your heart. It's up to you where you assign your activities for the day. You and I have free will. But there's something on the inside of some of us that says, God, you've been too good to let the world come in and take your place in my life and in my heart. I'm not going to let you go. So this concept of the faith, this substance of faith, I wanted to take a step back and see if I could get a little understanding of where does that substance come from? What lodges faith? What holds it together? What keeps it going? So I took a step back and I looked at desire. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. How many of you would like that kind of reference about you? That he or she is after my own heart. I know him by name. There's a song that says, if you confess the Lord, then call him up. What's understood is that if you really know God, you should be able to call him up and he's going to take your call. Yeah, like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. The, 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 the definition of desire, this is a non-biblical one, and it says desire is a sense of longing or hoping for a person, object, or outcome. Non-biblical definition, desire is a sense of longing or hoping for a person, object, or outcome. Sounds like faith. There are philosophers that have tried to identify what desire is, where is it, where does it come from. They, many, many of them have concluded is that they can't really place desire because it's not in the head. It's not a reasoning. Neuropsychiatrists and neuropsychologists have also tried to classify it and they can't fundamentally ascertain where it should belong. What is this desire? Man is tried to reason it, but they're like, we, we, we're coming up with nothing. The Greek definition of desire, strong concordance reference 2206 says, zelo, zelo, is to be zealous for, to burn with desire, to pursue ardently, enthusiastically or passionately, to desire eagerly or intensely. Negatively, the word is associated with strong envy or jealousy. But to be zealous for, to burn with desire, to pursue ardently a person, outcome, or object. See, God created us to desire him, to burn for him, to go after him. And he says, I'm leaving it up to you. There are those who will and those who won't. There are those who will let circumstances keep, me from them, keep them from me. And there are those who will say, no, 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 no. Get out of my way. You're between me and God. There's a lot of places you can be, but you can't be between me and God. You, when you speak to that mountain, you're not just looking at that mountain. You're looking past that mountain to your God. 
So you can command it to move. So there's something in this desire, this, this, this faith that's, that's birthed in a desire out of knowing God and being known by God. Because when you get there, you, you, you recognize what it is. But see, you have to be careful. Because when you get in that place, you don't want the blessing of God, the blessing of God to start overtaking you. The Bible says, I'm going to get there, I'm going to read it. This was about Moses. And Moses, and I'm going to skip ahead here. Moses and the children of Israel had just come out of the wilderness. And God said, I'm going to sign an angel to go with you. And Moses replied, unless you go, don't take us from here. See, there are places for the believer, we don't go. We establish, unless God goes with me, I don't go. I don't want to be a part of it unless God's in it. That's why we must pray for discernment, because everything that looks good is not God. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. In 1 Samuel 13, 14, it says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. So God is God is making explicit here. What kind of man is he looking for? A powerful man, a woman, a great person, great intellect. Strong? No, he's looking for someone after his own heart. Because he knows that if, if, if he can trust your heart with him, he can give you everything that he wants you to have. And it won't push you out of the will of God. It will keep you near God. Notice that he says these things will come after you. They're never going to get in front of you and God. Because the man of God, the man or woman of God who knows God is not going to let things, good or bad, get in the way of God. It's good, but it ain't that good. It ain't better than you, God. Acts 13, 22, and when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as a king, a, as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Say, now we see faith working. But we see the prerequisite to this faith is a desire for God. David puts it this way in Psalms. He said, as the deer pants for the water brooks. So pants my soul for you, God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they continually say to me, where is your God? And he's not talking to them. He's talking to God. He's putting this petition before God. 
You know I know you, God. And you know I'm known by you. What's going on? You are my deliverer. You are my savior. You are my healer. You are my provider. The Bible says in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But Jesus says when he returns, will he find any faith? See, there are those who may allow these circumstances, temporal circumstances, take them out of the will of God to be known by him and to know him. God says, your confidence has great reward, but I have no confidence in those who draw back. Once you get to know God, you don't draw back into the world. You don't go draw back into your own knower. You draw back into being known by him and knowing him intimately, spiritually. He said, those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. Luke 18, 5 through 10, the Bible records about the widow. Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Amen. Who? Those who, like David, cry out to him, who depend on him, who don't look to others, but look to God. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Or another way of saying this, or will he really find this kind of faith exhibited by this widow woman? This persistent, demanding faith. Persistent, demanding faith from God. Pulling on him. Lord, they're not my provider. You're my provider. I need this from you. I don't have anybody else. I'm not looking to man. You alone are Jehovah Jireh. You alone are my source. God can have many conduits, many channels, but he alone is God. Don't go looking to man to be your provider. Will your faith endure? Will it hold out? Will it hang in there? You got to have something or someone you're working for, somewhere you're going to. Do you got any oil in it? Do you have any oil in this relationship? Have you spent enough time in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit that you've got enough oil in you that when the, when the groom comes, he shows up, you'll be ready to find it. This world is not going to stay the same. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We're not talking about those who God loves. We're talking about those who love God. The Bible says no eye has seen, no ear heard the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 
God says, don't be loveless. Don't lose your first love. Where am I in your life? But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Praise God. There's good news for us. We can be awakened to the things of God. It's a privilege. God says, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We're talking about revelation knowledge. We're talking about revealed knowledge. Stuff that's coming right out of heaven, getting deposited in your spirit. Stuff that God freely wants to give you. Stuff that Jesus died to give you. But he said, this is how you hook up with it. You spend time with me in the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and he's going to reveal to me, to you, what I have for you. Because those who worship God, worship him in spirit and in truth. So it doesn't matter who's up here preaching. It doesn't matter who's, who's outside. What matters is you're looking for the Holy Spirit. You connect with him. You identify with him. The Bible says these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Higher education is not going to give you this. You can get 10 degrees. You're only going to get this according to the word from the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're going to get the wisdom that man's wisdom teaches, which has its place. But we're talking about holy things. We're talking about God things. Stuff that no one knows. No eyes see, no ear heard. We're talking about going after and getting those things. And so what happens is when you start getting that stuff in you, faith comes. Faith comes. You start speaking. We are those who speak and declare a thing, and it is so. And when you start speaking and declaring it, your hope starts building. Because you can see in the spirit that the very, the very ground which you walk is changing. As your heart starts, starts getting prepared and being, being prepared by the Holy Spirit to receive the word of God, your outward circumstances begin to change. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So when we're talking about spiritual things, if you're in the natural, this isn't going to make sense to you. But if you're in the Spirit you're going to be able to receive it. Because that's how the Holy Spirit's going to come to you. I'm not looking any other way. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So the enemy's competing for your ear gate, your eye gate. And God said, no, 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 put my word there, put my word there. It's life and health to all your flesh. See, something happens when a believer is pursuing God. And when you're in proper order and alignment with the will of God. I was sharing with the first service that I was believing God for something. 
I was believing God for a new piece of equipment. And, and it got to the point that um, it, I felt like the Holy Spirit was urging me, moving me along to move in it. And sometimes that can be a little unnerving. You know, when you believe in, but when the Lord says, now I want you to step out into it, you can, you can be a little cautious, particularly if you know failure is behind you, disappointment has been behind you. you. You don't want to trip into that anymore when the Lord's like, come on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and I've been believing for this piece of equipment. But up until that time, a number of things had happened. The machine, every now and then, I would get a call from one of my techs or uh, the nurse, and they would say, Dr. East, come, come. The machine is acting up again. It won't come on. Now, I knew I'd been believing. I knew I'd been sowing. God, I'm not going to let my need for this machine inhibit me sowing into your kingdom. See, you're first. This machine is second. Machine, you're going to obey. Get to work. We'll plug it back in and say, Dr. East is working again. And I'm not entertaining you. I'm telling you what's happened. And when, it's, when the time showed up and the Lord said, look, I'm, I'm ready for you to get a new one. I've been believing God for a new one. Maybe even hoping it, but not sure my faith had really locked into it. And this gentleman showed up into my office and, uh, and I told him, give me your best used or even if you've got a newer machine as long as it's in my price point. And uh, he showed up and he showed me this new machine. And I almost wanted to kick him out of my office. What are you doing wasting my time? I didn't ask you to come in with this new machine. This is not what I expected from you. And then he said, just hear me, hear me, doc. This is what it would cost. And then when I looked over the cost, then I really wanted to push him out of his seat. I'm just being honest with you. You know, I didn't. And then afterwards, when it was all done, he had come and gone and my office manager reminded me at the time, Dr. East, don't settle for the used one if God is trying to give you the new one. And I was reminded that I had prayed for a new one one day. See, at that moment, my face was locked in. And when I walked by that room and I believed I'm getting a new one. But just like that, I'd almost forgotten that I'd prayed in faith and belief and it was so. So they delivered that new one, praise God. And that old one is still working. To God be the glory, to God be all the glory. But there's, there's things, there are things that want to take your money and your time from God. That seem logical. God said, no, you give me the tithe and I'll rebuke the devourer for your, for your sake. You're moving your authority because you know that you're in covenant with me. That thing is being disobedient. You speak to it and command it to work. See, I depend on him. I don't have any other to depend on. Don't have any other source. The Bible says in the center verse of the Bible, Psalm 118.8, it says, don't put your trust in man, but put your trust in God. In Exodus 33, 21, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it. 
And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. That's God speaking to Moses. This is a pretty bold response on Moses' part. Because God just said, I'll have to consume you all. You're too disobedient. Moses said, then he said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. I've led him all the way with you. I'm not going any further unless you go with me. Whatever promised land God has for you, whatever promises God has for you, you have to know, good, whatever it is, I'm not going unless I'm going with you, unless you take me with you. I'm keeping you first in all things. I depend on you, God. Where else will I go for my needs to be met? According to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And when I declare, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. None of us want to hear those words. But it's up to you. You get to do with your time what you choose to do with it. God has given us promises when you're spending time with him. I believe faith is developed in that intimate, private time with God. So you can come out knowing whose you are and being known by him and knowing him personally. God is, will withhold no good things from us, you his beloved. He says... But as it is written, I has not seen nor heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The Bible says that Jesus, when he was approached by the Pharisees and the Herodians, they were trying to trap him, trying to catch him in his words. And they said, teacher, we know that you have regard for no man. In other words, you don't put any man between you and the father. You don't, or, the, or God, that you don't regard men like that. You don't let men influence you. You don't hold men in high esteem. And they said, but what do we do with this coin that has Caesar's inscription on it? And Jesus replied, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But give to God what's his. See, you and I have something in us that belongs to God. There's a desire in us that belongs to God. What we have to be careful to do is don't give man what's God's. We can get more excited at a at a football game than we can with giving God praise. Realize, saints, realize, church, that does not belong to man. You're giving something that rightfully belongs to God to man. 
You have to check yourself. Even when people do good things. I can't get over into praising them when that praise belongs to God. Thank you, God. Thank you first. And if that ain't enough for them, that's their problem. God doesn't have to receive everything from us. He doesn't have to receive your money. It's not like he needs it. No, you get to give. And you pray that he says, I receive it, my child. Thank you. See, but that's a heart matter. That's a desire matter. But when you come running with your pockets and emptying them, saying, God, you're that good. Take everything I got. The least I can give is this. Thank you. So I encourage you, beloved. I encourage you, church. Let us take our eye off of man and stay focused on God. That that desire for him is kindled and never quenched. Because confidence has its great reward. And it's not just confidence. It's confidence and a benevolent, all-knowing, loving, merciful, willing God who loves you and gave his son Jesus Christ who died for you and me. That kind of God is only good. It's worth spending time with him. We're going to have a lot of time for one more song. And at this time, if there's anyone um, who wants um, prayer, if the intercessors will come up. Um, and if there's anyone who hasn't accepted Jesus Christ in a personal relationship, I encourage you to come. Accept him today. He's that good. He's not judging you. He's not looking at your past. He only wants the best for you. The Bible says he has a designed, perfect future and a hope for you that you can trust him. You can put your faith in him and he's worth your desire for him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can you all play that final song? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you all for your attention today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you all for coming up. If there's anyone who needs prayer today, do you know of anyone you want to be in agreement for? The prayer intercessors are here to stand in agreement with you on God's word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's no place I 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you sing with me? Falling in love with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I bless your people. I speak over them, Lord God. Blessing, wisdom, and favor, Lord God, as they head out of here. And a deeper intimacy and a growing in the knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus, who has been made wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification to us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for teaching and ministering your word today. To you alone, oh God, be all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen and amen. Bless you.